All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hammer Time 1987 podcast, the podcast where all we do is win, and we're doing some more winning today. I have a very special guest host with me, the very lovely and talented Katie Galbo. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Adam. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm happy that you're happy to be here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Katie's uh, writing endeavors. She's an accomplished author and also talk about the pandemic. But before we get to that, Katie, we like to play word association game sure. on our podcast here to introduce you to our audience. So have you ever played word association game before? Uh, I think so. You just kind of like say what comes to mind when you bring something up. That's exactly right. So are you ready to play? Um, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right, Katie, what do you think of oatmeal cookies? Okay. Um, so I feel like it really, it depends on the situation, <laughs> like, and the type of oatmeal cookie. So I am a huge fan of um, oatmeal butterscotch. Like those cookies are the best in the world. I'll like bake a batch and then just pretty much eat all of them if I can. <laughs> but um, other kinds of oatmeal cookies, I'm not such a huge fan of. Like I don't really like oatmeal raisin at all. And, I was like, just gonna ask that because a lot of people are like, I can't do the raisins. Yeah, I don't know. Raisins just, there's just something about them. They're just like, I don't know, too crinkly for me or something. <laughs> I, just, I just don't like them. And um, I don't know, but I guess like maybe an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie, I'd probably, I'd probably eat. But um, I think I'd only eat an oatmeal raisin cookie if like I were very, very hungry and like, it was the only thing that existed, then I would probably eat it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oatmeal butterscotch or oatmeal chocolate chip, you, you could handle that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. How about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? Okay. Um, so I am partial to the name Harry. Um, my son is actually, he's Harrison, but uh, we call him Harry. And... Um, uh, so that's the first thing that comes to mind, but I, I mean, I think they're, they're, they seem good. I don't really, I don't really know them pers personally, <laughs> but, um, you're not, yeah. you're not friends with them on Instagram, I guess. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I do, I do think, um, it's kind of cool that they're, um, they're doing their own thing and not afraid to try something new. I think it's kind of, um, it, it seems like Megan has an American sort of influence on Harry to just be independent and do what you want to do in your life. So I say, you know, good for them. And hopefully, hopefully everything is good in their world. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, okay. This is, I, I have a few of them, but I'll just focus, I'll just focus on one. Um, I really just can't stand it when I'm driving past a house and they have um, a front porch, but their front porch is filled with junk. Like I, 
it just skeeves me out. I don't like it. I want to like hire an organizer to come and just like fix that for them. I I, I just really, it, it just gets under my skin. Like I can't even look at it. I have to look away and just pretend that it does not exist. But it just, but if I think about it too much, then I end up thinking about, oh my God, like if their porch is like this, then what about the rest of their house? And like, oh my God, if they have a basement, that's probably just chock full of stuff. And I don't know. And then I think of like, I it just, it's a really, it's a deep rabbit hole and I shouldn't go down it now because this is just word association. So I'm like, I, but that's, that's a big pet peeve of mine. I just don't, I just don't like it. I haven't heard that one before, but I could understand why you would feel that way. I guess probably coming to your house, everything is clean and organized. And uh, as organized as it can be with with two um, two young kids, so I kind of I kind of let the toys just be where they may, but I don't stand for like garbage or anything, you know. So it is all clean, but you might. Um, you might trip over like a Paw Patrol truck or something if you weren't <laughs> paying attention. So um, cool. just, you know, keep your eyes out if you ever come over. <laughs> Will do. All right. How about your biggest celebrity crush? Oh, boy. Um, so I love John Hamm. I think he is just, uh, <laughs> he is really cute. Um, I also really like, um, have you ever seen The Americans? Don't think so. No. Okay, so I I really like that show. I haven't I haven't seen all of the episodes or anything, but um, but I really like it. And the guy in it, the the male lead, um, he is just he also he's not. I don't know if you'd call him like a classically cute guy. Maybe I don't know. I think with him, it's more like his mannerisms and stuff. But like, but also I think he's cute. So those. Those two, those two are my top celebrity crushes for sure. <laughs> yeah, and for those listening, John Hamm is uh, Don Draper in Mad Men, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember I watched that series. I remember saying to my friend, like, how could someone be that handsome? Like, how could he be that good? Look? I know. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's something else. He's he is top stuff. <laughs> so, he is. Yeah, would you say would you say you might have like a man crush on him or how could you not have a man crush on him? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. so, so John Hamm would be my type of guy if I was into that type of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh Makes sense. I agree with that. So uh all right, wrapping up here, uh, another celebrity, Miley Cyrus. Oh, just like what I think of her? Yeah. Um so Unless she's a crush, I don't know. <laughs> No, she's not. But I really love the song Party in the USA. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's not, I don't know. You just put it on and like suddenly I'm like dancing while I'm putting away the dishes. Like, I just really like that song. And I feel like that's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a fun one. There's no other way to put it. So I'm glad that she put that into my life. <laughs> yeah, now she's a bit edgier, but yes, I do like Party in the USA. That's a nice upbeat hit. So Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. Your favorite vacation spot. I know it's not Disney World. Oh, it is not. No. <laughs> um, okay, my favorite vacation spot. So I, 
I have not been to like a million places. I'm not exactly like a renowned world traveler. I'm not, I'm not Rick Steves though. Like I would love to be, that would be great. Um, so I guess I'll answer this in two ways. Like the first way is just to say like, I would love, I guess ideally, I would love to go out um, to the Pacific Northwest. I have been there once and I loved it. So maybe, maybe that's like my top, but I want to go back there and I really want to go to that place. Um, you know that Treehouse show? Yes, I think. <laughs> okay, so there's a, there's a show. I really don't watch too much TV because I, um, I tend to not like all of the commercials and I also like actually get like kind of grossed out at all the medication commercials that are on and like the side effects like I just I can't I can't watch tv for that long but um if I am flipping through I will always stop on this show where they they make tree houses and it's just I don't know it's like a guy and like uh, friends and family that he made into this like mishmash like sort of crew and they um they design tree houses for people and these people buy them and live in them and I don't know they're like kind of like vacation homes for most people um and they just look like places from a story and that really appeals to me and I'm I'm a big I, I love to be near mountains I love to be like out on a hike or on or by the water I love being by the water so um but yeah I I would love to go to one of those tree houses I think that'd be super cool awesome okay oh, wait. one more I yeah. just while we're talking about it I also really want to go and see the northern lights and um I've seen I don't know if I've seen this just like on Instagram or just surf, surfing the internet or whatever, but there's these like clear igloos that exist um, where I think like out in either probably Greenland or Iceland or whatever. Um, and you can go and travel to these places and rent these places and then just stare up at these Northern lights. And while it's freezing outside, you're nice and cozy. And it's just, it just seems like this magical experience. So I would also like to do that. So. Good. Very good. Well, I hope you get the chance to do it. So that was word association game. We'll get into the meat and potatoes now. Katie, we're doing this in the midst of a pandemic, COVID-19, coronavirus. And uh, the first question is when this first all kind of came out in February and March, uh, what were sort of your initial reactions to it? Was it, was it on your radar screen? Did you think it was blow over? I mean, what were you kind of feeling at that time? Okay, so I'll just preface this with I, the fact that I hadn't really been uh, keeping up with the news that much, I kind of, I, I've been going through just a, a lot of just changes in my life and I, I just didn't want the added, um, I guess, stress of keeping up with the news because it can be kind of stressful if you let it be that way. And so I just ignored it for the most part. But then um, early on in the new year, I was just thinking, you know, I should at least try to be in the know i i mean i'm i'm 36 i i well at the time it, i was 35 but i you should probably try to inform yourself as a citizen in in this 
this country and of, of the world, I guess. So I, um, I thought about the way I wanted to actually receive my news. And <laughs> I ended up uh, signing up, uh, subscribing, I guess, to an email from the New York Times that comes every morning, but it's free. You just uh, sign up for it. And it's like this real brief like synopsis with bullet points of like what's going on in the world. And uh, so that was an easily digestible uh, means of obtaining the news for me. And uh, immediately um, I started seeing these bullet points on this virus that was in China at the time, and, but they had mentioned it. And then it kind of quickly evolved to like a couple more bullet points and talking about, um, oh, suddenly there's these people on cruise ships who are trapped because this disease is on board and they're like stuck in their rooms and hoping not to get it. And then like the next email would come and oh, so now these people are flying back in a quarantined airplane. And, and, and you know, it was a weird experience for me because, um, because really uh, my experience growing up um, as a, a young woman in America in the time that I have grown up, I uh, have always heard of things on the news happening worldwide, but it never, um, it never directly affected me in a way where I thought, oh, this is directly affecting me. Um, and so when I read that, I just automatically had this natural inclination, like, oh, that sucks for those people. But I didn't, you know, like I, I didn't think that it was coming my way, really, even though like literally I was reading these people are flying back to the U.S. So then like I started reading more bullet points that came in these emails and then they started talking about how suddenly it was in, I think, the state of Washington. And even then, Adam, like with it in the United States of America, I still did not think, oh, this will directly affect me. And it's just, I, I think it's just part of, it just wasn't, this normal um, thing for me. So I, I just didn't, my brain didn't go there. And then suddenly, um, even though I, I had seen all of the, the clues coming for me, like foreshadowing, like, hey, this is coming for you. Like, I, it still was a bit of a surprise when everything shut down. And, um, and that too, it's, it's been such a strange experience as an American who it just is like my, I've always been like a person with a planner who just fills up the planner with everything. And, and I, rem I remember, I mean, I say this like it was years ago, but I remember shortly into this shutdown, I took my 2020 planners and I was like, well, I'm using these as scrap paper. <laughs> like, it just, it, it has been, a, you know, a very um, strange experience. And, and I, I mean, I will say um, it was very hard for me at first um, to try and recalibrate to that. But, but honestly, um, I, I mean, Honestly, I feel like my time being separated from that busy life 
actually has helped me to refine um, these smaller details of, of, I guess, who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, this experience has been an opportunity for me to see the world in a, in a new way. And so I, it's a very strange thing, but ironically, when the whole world got sick, I've been here, like, basically trying to, to heal, like, and just trying to, like, re, just be, be a better version of myself, and, and so far, like, I really like where, where it's taken me, um, but, I mean, I do, so there, there's that, there, there's that, and then aside from that, there's, yes, I have so many concerns, of course, like, I don't know what's going to happen next, I, you know, I have, I have two, two small kids who go to school and that's been a challenge we've been like homeschooling and we don't know what's going to happen in the fall and we're just I'm trying to just make the best decisions I can even though everything is all brand new um but I I'm a big believer that um challenges in your life and conflict in your life those are the things that that change you for the better like that whole like analogy of a diamond and how you you know it's what the diamond gets like crushed and has so many, you know, has hardship and comes out of that hardship. And, um, and I, I think that we as people are, um, that's how we grow. It's not, it's not what we like because nobody likes hardship. Nobody likes conflict, but a conflict is what makes life interesting. And it's what really does help to define us and help us understand who we really are and what we can ultimately be. And so it's been hard, but it's been good at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I don't think you could have said it any better than that. I think a lot of people feel the same way that you do. Uh, You mentioned you have two small kids. I'm wondering, uh, do you let them sleep in uh, until 10 o'clock before you start school? Or do you say, no, 6 a.m. Everyone's up and doing their math homework now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I am actually pretty lenient about that. They do like to get up early though. They, they're kind of like ready to go. Um, but if they ever wanted to sleep in, absolutely they could. And <laughs> then at, at the same time, like going to bed, um, I, I let them stay up pretty late too because what, what's the point, Adam? <laughs> so, um, I, I don't know. It's, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lenient when it comes to that because, uh, at, or at least, you know, because the whole reason of, of that particular structure is so that they have enough sleep to go, go, go and do the things they need to do. But if, if they're staying up late and then waking up when they're naturally waking up, then um, I, I think that, you know, if I've provided a context for them to do that, then I have done my work as a parent. <laughs> I like the sound of that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into uh, something that's really exciting. I know that you're excited about it is uh, you're a writer. You're an author, published uh, literature and short stories. So let's just start here right at the beginning. When did you realize that writing was something that you wanted to do? Okay. So I actually realized this before I even learned how to write. Um, I remember... Um, so one of my first memories is watching my mother write out a grocery list on just a sheet of paper. 
Um, I mean, another one of my first memories is the first time I ate pizza. <laughs> but like, I I love pizza. But like this this stands out is is a is a more meaningful memory. Like I I sat there and I was just mesmerized by just how the pen touched the paper and just the way all of the letters looked once she was done and I couldn't even read them yet. I didn't know what they meant, but I just thought it was beautiful. And, uh, and then, um, if I, maybe I got this from TV or something, but, um, it's like, I'm one of eight kids. So like the TV was on a lot. Um, but I would like pretend to type. I don't even know if we had a typewriter at that point or anything, but I would just, type on things and I'd take all the books in the house and as soon as I learned how to write I would um uh, as soon as I learned how to write my name I scrawled it in the cover of every single book that I could find and um and then as soon as I could actually string words onto a piece of paper I was writing stories so it's been just something I've always wanted to do it's it's just something that makes me happy good good and uh one of the things with writers is they'll always say uh, well i have writer's block i can't think of anything to write about i can't think of any ideas so uh, i know you've been publishing a lot of short stories lately and how do you get your ideas for your stories okay so this is a good question um i actually recently realized how i generate my stories um after talking with a friend i i did not understand what i was doing but um the friend who is one of the subscribers had mentioned that um they noticed i'm more of a topical writer like things that happen in my life kind of tend to transform into these stories in some way or at least are like an inspiration for some of these stories and uh i after they said that i just like I realized the truth of it and that is very true. I, I just kind of, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, you know, a bit of a thinker. I'll, I'll let things ruminate in my head a lot. And, and a lot of the ways that I process my experience is actually changing them in my mind into like a metaphor. And so I think they kind of organically just form into stories. And um, I mean, and they're not always literally like point by point matching up with um, the metaphor of the story. It's, it's more like, like a fragment of an experience will then, um, shape itself into a story kind of like kind of like i'd say a sculptor starting with um you know just a slab of clay and then like so the clay is there and it's it, it's there for me because i've experienced it and then it forms into its own story and i i just kind of it just kind of organically happens um and yeah that's that's how it happens so it'd be safe to say that you kind of have the, the blank document in front of you and you just kind of start going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cause some people, they, you know, they plan it out and have a big outline and all that kind of stuff, but you're just kind of going to get right into it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's funny, Adam, because I, I mentioned a little bit earlier how I loved, love planners. Um, and like, but, but when it comes to that, it's, it's way more of just like an organic thing. It's, it's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So in terms of, uh, let's just take your 
a typical story, how long would it take you to you feel like, you know what, I'm completed, I'm good with this? So that is also a question that um, I probably wouldn't have been able, able to correctly quantify uh, if you had asked me even a few weeks ago, because uh, before my process was really just to like start it and stop it and start it and stop it. And then um, I actually recently um, got a typewriter. And so that has been a really cool uh, new experience for me in my whole writing process. And I, I find myself sitting there and I want to, I want to complete it in one sitting. And I just, uh, because I think it's because I just absolutely love using the typewriter. I love how it sounds. I love how you have to like push down the buttons like like you mean it you know for the ink to really get there on the page and i i just it's just such a cool experience and so um yeah now i can actually tell you that it takes about two hours for me to write a story so interesting now the the length of the story um uh, are we talking one, two, three, four, five, ten pages? Oh, they're usually like I'd say one to two typed oh, up. Pages. Mm -hmm. okay. They're real short. Yeah, they're more like little story snacks. Like they're not. They're not, and especially um, like I'll say um, another friend who subscribes. Uh, she mentioned how it feels like she's being dropped into a totally new world and like just when she's like exploring the world and like wanting to know more and wanting to like read a whole novel like i, get, I yank her out and so like it's <laughs> i guess I, it's it's kind of maybe i've developed a new genre of of short stories where it's like a just real quick um quick experience but but i also know that people um you know, they don't necessarily have time for very long stories uh, right now. And I, I also really like the idea of uh, leaving a lot to a reader's imagination, just giving, giving the story and letting that story be what it needs to be for the reader. Um, I, I just, I'm a big fan of that because that's my own experience as a reader. I really, uh, I, I like to, to feel when I'm reading and to, to take things to, you know, mean what I want them to mean. And um, so I feel like a, a shorter format kind of helps that sort of thing to happen. So. Yeah, I was going to mention that we, for better or for worse, we live in a culture where people want things immediately. And I don't necessarily believe people, well, at least a lot of people anywhere, are sitting down reading 500 page novels anymore. Seems right. to be in order. So uh, it's interesting that you went that direction, probably the smart decision. So in this, these stories, what makes a great story in your opinion? I mean, of course, you might be biased in your own work and say, well, every story is great for me. But what do you think is something that really sticks out to you? Is, okay, this is a really solid story. Okay, so I, um, I have to say for that, to answer that, it's interesting to me because my answer goes for both a story and for life. So it, it's equal. 
I think that what makes a great story is a strong character, really ideally strong characters. I, uh, as I mentioned a little earlier, um, actually also, um, I truly believe that it's conflict that helps us to grow stronger and to, to really experience life the way we need to. And um, that just helps us going forward as people to grow into the people that we need to be. And so I really, um, I like for my characters to be strong and to experience things and uh, just work their own way through them. And so, and, and likewise, when I'm reading a story, I really am affected by such a character. Um, so that I'd say is the main thing for me that makes a great story. I also, like, I feel like um, the way a story is written can also uh, really make it or break it for me. I am definitely one of those people. I know there's like two types of people in this world, right? Like the one is the kind who will start reading a story or a book and if they don't like it, they just keep trudging through. And then there's the other one who like if they if they don't like it, they're like, screw this, and then they, you know, they don't read it, and I'm definitely the latter. I will not, like, I will not, if I decide I don't like it, I don't like it, and I just won't continue, so I try to make the stories that I write interesting from beginning to end, as, uh, and, like, trying to use as many literary devices as I can to really paint an accurate, or, yeah, accurate image of their world uh, so that they, the reader can really feel like they're a part of it. Um, I also, here's something that I'm working on, just as a side note, I, I really, I really love in a story when a character will kind of like just mention something like in their mentioning of it, it indicates such like a longer history of, of an experience or with a person. Like, I think like, um, I guess the easiest reference I can think of is like in Star Wars, there's this, um, it, there's this moment with like Han Solo and like, he's just, uh, oh, that's not Harrison Ford. Oh my God. Like celebrity <laughs> crush for sure. A younger Harrison Ford. What you say? A younger Harrison Ford or an older Harrison Ford? I mean, either, like really, <laughs> come on. <laughs> It's fine, but um, but yeah. So there's this like moment where I don't know. I he might be in like this bar with a bunch of aliens or something, and he's like, oh, I like that guy. I gotta talk to that guy, and um, and I just love that sort of like dialogue because like you just automatically want to know like what happened with that guy i want to know like and so i'm really working on that as a writer like uh, to like slide in those fun moments and like really kind of like uh play with with dialogue in that way and um really just make make the make the story as as fun and interesting as it as it can be yeah Cool. All right. Now, without giving away the uh, the goods, maybe you could give some of our audience uh, a teaser about your favorite story that you've written so far. Maybe the the plot of it, and and uh, see if uh, can spark some interest here. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, 
I actually, like, so I really have a place in my heart for all of the stories I have written so far. And uh, I, but I will say that some of them I do like feel, I don't know, a little bit stronger about a little bit like, oh, maybe I could write more about that world or that, that scenario. Um, I, I mean, it's really hard for me to choose, Adam. I, like, I, can I talk about like a couple of them maybe? Like, would that be acceptable? <laughs> well, uh, maybe uh, you could just mention uh, a few brief ones. And of course, we'll uh, make sure at the end that everyone gets your info so they can subscribe. Okay, okay. So I'll talk about one. Um, there was one um, where uh, this girl, she grows up uh, and actually when, when she was young, she and her parents were walking in a park and then suddenly like through some kind of mystical experience that just happened upon them, they all became invisible. So she grew up being this invisible girl um, and she's, she's still a teenager at the point and um, like this happened to her when maybe she was like five and then uh, she's a, like a teenage girl when, um, when the story really takes place and she has this habit of just going around she'll go to the grocery store and um to, to like steal some food for her family and whatever but she goes and this one time she's at the grocery store she just totally falls for this guy that's there and like because she's invisible she just kind of gets up as close as she can to him and just kind of follows him home and like I mean okay so I guess this sounds creepy as I was saying Where is this story going? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not creepy Adam but it's not um it, they and it's a love story so you'll have to see what happens with that I, I really that's one I really was proud of um and then uh, there's another one where like uh, there's these little people who live in trees and um, their their leader dies and they don't know what to do. But then they realize that they never really use their leader for anything. So it was like, okay, really, what do we do? And um, and then there's like this person that gets called to to really be the next leader. And so um, that's a whole world right there. And story um and like there's one where this little boy falls out of a boat and um just gets suspended in time and space in the ocean and like he doesn't die he's just like stuck at like six years old and he's like that for a hundred years and then finally he just breaks out of the spell and then you you know kind of find out what happens there and so I, those are some of the ones that stick out to me as ones that i i really enjoyed writing especially so yeah and you, you got sort of like a science fiction uh type theme which is cool and love and you got all that sort of intertwined in there so yes i i do kind of, i do science fiction is definitely a genre that i enjoy like i i think it might like tie back to when i was little um like i feel like saturday was kind of the day when my mom was like, okay, I'm done. And my dad was like, it's fine. The kids can be with me. And we just watched Star Trek and eat ice cream bars all day. <laughs> so, 
I don't know. It's just, um, I do like science fiction. And like Ray Bradbury, um, as a writer, like he's just very, you know, um, that's a, he's a science fiction writer, was a science fiction writer. And um, actually one of my favorite short stories he wrote and that, um, that one's The Foghorn. And uh, so this is just speaking of science fiction, but, but anyway, I'm totally digressing. So, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, with all that, uh, I think everyone listening now wants to hear about, all right, how do I get my hand on these stories and where do I find Katie? So uh, maybe you could tell us, uh, I'll tag you, of course, on all this uh, podcast when I post it, but maybe you could tell us where uh, we can find you and how they can subscribe to your stories. Sure, that sounds great. So on both Twitter and Instagram, I have an account um, that I use for my writing. And I also, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I also write poetry. So there's some poetry there. But um, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Katie M G Writes. So K A T I E M G Writes, W R I T E S. And you could just send me a direct message and let me know you're interested. And a subscription is, um, for, for my short stories, it's uh, $13 for 26 short stories. And I'm basically writing two a month. So if you, if you join now, I'll send you everything that I've written so far, and then you'll get the next ones as they're written. Um, and really, um, you know, I'm around on, on Venmo. You, we basically exchange information. Once you message me, I'll tell you how to contact me on Venmo and you tell me what your email address is and then, and then we're good to go. So, um, yeah, that's how you do it. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll post all that stuff so you can find Katie. Uh, so Katie, you're big into the English language. Do you have a favorite quote that you uh, particularly like or live your life by? Uh, yes, I, do actually <clears throat> so I so I, I actually just mentioned that I love poetry and my favorite poet is E.E. E. Cummings he's just my all-time favorite I have his whole anthology and anyway um he said uh, it takes courage to grow up and become who you really are and I think that's what it's all about you know learning learning how to create your own world like your whole life you're learning what other people do and then it just comes to a point where you have to decide what you want and then you have to you have to do your best to make that happen and that's like this courageous strong and beautiful thing that i think we all should try to do so that would be my quote yeah, and the courage that you took to put your content out there. You know, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, are unfortunately, or, you know, someone will judge me, someone might not like it, but, you know, good for you that you put it out there and said, I'm going for it, so. Thank you so much, Adam. I just thought of a good story. How about On a Beach, John Hamm, Harrison Ford? You could take it from there, the next one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds lovely. <laughs> sounds like a lovely day. <laughs> All right. Well, Katie, we'll uh, have to do this again sometime. Once again, I'll post everything so you can find Katie. And thank you for coming on today and uh, have an awesome day. Great. Thank you again, Adam. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.